Zed it out. All right. Looks like we're good. Okay. Yep. There we go. All right. So you guys, the way it works is we'll just kind of talk about it, listen to some of your music. Uh, it's a pretty easy kind of conversational kind of thing. So nothing's off limits. If you got anybody you want to talk about or anybody that's helped you, feel free to, to let me know. All right. You guys ready? Yep. All right. This is the Georgia Songbirds, and we are here with, is it just the Dogwood Gospel, or is it like Max Redding and Dogwood Gospel? It's Max Redding and Dogwood Gospel. Okay. Introduce yourself, guys. I'm, uh, I'm Max Redding. Uh, I play lead and rhythm guitar, and I'm the lead vocalist. Uh, my name is Victor Obrega. I play bass and do backup vocals. Yep. My name's Kyle Jackson, play drums, and uh, embarrass myself. <laughs> <laughs> so just you three guys? Just three-piece band? We, uh, on, on occasion for, um, for recordings, we call, you know, we'll call some ringers in to do some keys or, uh, you know, add some vocals or, or other instrumentation, but for the most part, it's just the three of us. Okay. Um, what city, where are you guys from? Is it Virginia? Is that what it was? Yeah, we, we're, uh, th these guys are actually you know native to leesburg virginia which is just south of where we are right now okay and uh but yeah we we build ourselves out of leesburg it's uh, about an hour outside of washington dc okay um yeah and I, I told you before i don't know if i told you guys but what um i want to do is i want to have because I, I besides a podcast which i do all the time i do interviews album reviews there's like a georgia versus series where we take on eight other songwriters i bring eight from georgia and we take on eight from other states. Virginia will be in there eventually. I'll get to you guys too. Yeah, there's, uh, there's a lot of talent around here, man. That's yeah, cool. and I want to hear about that too because, I mean, I know Georgia's scene, and, I, and I'm, the more I talk to other guests, I always ask the music scene how it goes for them. So I want to know how the Virginia scene is is going. So how, how do you guys play? What's going on with your, your stuff? Uh, I, I'd say, um, well, for, for us right now, finding shows, uh, you know, post-pandemic, if we are even in a post-pandemic world, who knows, but now that things are open again and we're trying to uh, book shows again, it's uh, it's proven to be a little more difficult than it was beforehand. Uh, like back in 2019, early 2020, it seemed like opportunities were coming our way and, and we are you know, playing to anybody and everybody that would have us. And uh, mm. since everything's opened back up, I guess, I don't know if, if once, you know, some venues have closed, which has been difficult. And uh, I think we've lost some contacts that uh, maybe are just not, you know, not promoting and doing shows, booking shows anymore. So um, we've been mostly focused on writing the music and and, uh, and trying to record it and just, you know, get better at what we're doing. But, um, you know, outside of us, like there's, uh, you know, there, there's so much going on with like, uh, there's good, there's good rock bands, there's good punk bands, there's uh, great like country music and rich music that's going on uh, mm -hmm. down through the Shenandoah Valley, Richmond's, um, you know, there's, there's just like a wealth of, uh, players that are you know I, I think are going to be going places in the near future okay yeah and i always ask that's one thing i always do ask a guest is send somebody pay it forward so if you know somebody uh singer songwriter that wants to get their music out and wants to get heard send them my way i'd be more than happy to talk to them yeah definitely i got a few names I'd like to drop, yeah drop. Send, send send them to me because like i said before what i did with uh the radio station too is eventually what i'm gonna i'm trying to do is i want to make like a a week of songwriters is what I'm going to call it, but it's going to be the year round. So like one week it'll be Georgia, 
one week it'll be Virginia, one week it'll be Delaware. You know, I want to get as many songwriters into rotation as I can because I, I like to hear. I'm a songwriter too. I have a, I play in a band here in Georgia when I can get gigs. Otherwise, it's behind me. You see where we play. <laughs> Uh, so I, I like to get them as much exposure as I possibly can. I want, want and that's every state. I want everybody involved, and it's it's fun. I like to do that stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's all, I mean, it's awesome you're giving people a platform because uh, you know there's there's a lot of you know you don't you don't find the most talented players on the radio these days. It's, it's, those yeah. days are long gone. I mean, if they're you know if they ever if they ever even had their day, it's like you go down to the corner in Leesburg here on a Friday night, and you're you know just one hot, hot hell of a guitar player. Uh, killing it in a corner room where nobody's paying attention to them now. That's the way it goes. So, uh, who are some of the uh, local guys that you like that's around there? Both. I mean, you had them on a couple weeks ago. Our show. We saw the Low Water Bridge Band. Yeah, we like them. Uh, there's a punk band we played around with, shared the stage with a couple times called the Knuckleheads. They're okay. Out of, uh, they're uh, Vienna. Yeah, they're 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 not too far. They're maybe like a half hour east of here. Um, like No Tomorrow is another good punk band that we, we play shows with that are real cool. Uh, Studebaker Huck, they're, they're 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 real good guys. They're out of Charlottesville. They're they're one of the fans I was going to inbox you about. Um, Thank you, guys. Cut uh, my kid. Um, my buddy Warren he's a local dude in uh, out of Leesburg. Um, you know, plays a lot of open mics and stuff like that. Uh, he's kind of got a, like a, a country western vibe. You know what I mean? He's he's really into like the old uh, Marty Robbins type stuff. And what was his name? It was hard to hear you. Uh, Warren Hayford. Okay, Warren Hayford. Yeah. Now, see, you guys talk about punk music, and we're going to get into that. Uh, but you guys can't see because, like I said, I always do just the audio. But behind them, they got pictures of Hank and Waylon, and it's all country, old time country stuff that I can see anyway. But you guys, what kind of music do you do you say your band is? That's a tricky one. Um, you never want to pigeonhole because you always cut somebody out. Right. But, I mean, kind of the head, I'd say punk rock Americana. Maybe fair or roots country rock. I, don't, I, I tell people it's mountain punk. <laughs> <laughs> mountain punk. I always tell people my music is mutt music. It's got a mixture of everything in it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> The, the way it happened is like I I started you know I, I started I was in a metal band for many years and I started writing some songs uh, I got real back I got like I was raised on country music I got real into it again um, in my mid to late twenties and I kind of started to move away from the heavier stuff and I started writing folk songs in my bedroom and then I okay. met Kyle brought Victor and, and these guys have like a punk backbone so basically I I took these these were folk songs that they you know, I had no choice but right. to make. Yeah, <laughs> we wrote it. Yeah, no, these guys, you know, like they're they're uh, lockstep punk rhythm section, and um, you know, we sped everything up, and I just kind of they're just punky folk songs, basically. I was listening to your guys' stuff, and I know that people, some people, don't like to be compared, but when you first listen, you got to compare it to what you know, and it reminded me, I don't know why, of like a of a more punk version of Oingo Boingo. <laughs> I, I hadn't heard that one yet. Yeah. Have you ever heard that song or that seen that movie Weird Science? Uh huh. Okay. There's a song in there, and that's why I was looking up at my phone. I was like, "It's um, what is it? What is it called? It's um, what's that? It was uh, Dead Man's Party. I think is what it was called. 
It's a dead man's party. Oh, what is that called? Song called? I had to look it up, but it was it was Oingo Boingo, and it I heard your guys, and I think it's your voice that does it. It reminds me of the of the singer from there. Okay. It's just a, a punker, like you guys, like a heavier version of that stuff. But it just reminded me of of Oingo Boingo. Well, let's go back and listen. That's that's cool. I mean, we, I've had I've had a lot of uh, different comparisons. It's funny. It's like I, I can't pull any of them. I mean, I, I used to get Johnny Cash and Jim Morrison a lot when I'm in my lower. Mm-hmm. There's there's all kinds of stuff coming through there, man. Like I I loved uh, when I was a kid. I loved listening to Green Day. So I try to like not be like all nasally, like like Green Day singer is. You know what I mean? I like yeah. So you have to knock that down. <laughs> there's just all you know with the three of us as far as influence goes. It just it all comes out. Uh, whenever you know it has its moment. Now, do you all write together, or do you guys have one that writes more, or do you all get involved? Um, I think when we first started, uh, the first batch of songs were songs that Max had. Okay. Um, we just you know helped arrange them um, as much as as much as we could, wherever like it needed. Uh, now. Uh, you know, I'll bring some parts. Uh, Max will bring parts, and uh, you know, we'll just throw them around and we'll put them together all together. Um, yeah, I don't think anybody's since the since the first batch of songs that I wrote that like we came together on. I don't think that we've had a song that we've written since then that hasn't been like a joint effort. You know? Okay. And the other thing that's nice too is like we're all pretty down to earth and goofy and humble so and we can laugh at ourselves and each other so you know like if somebody somebody has an idea and it's it's great like we'll run with it if somebody has an idea that sucks we'll, we'll, you know we'll tell them we like we'll call them an idiot and we'll laugh you know what I mean? like, <laughs> we can, we're cool about it let's so, work on that next week yeah, yeah right well it's got it right to see if they're watching that well. yeah now do you guys do what we do uh usually after we're practicing or like sometimes we've done like yesterday was in the beginning but we'll start writing just writing a song for we'll start playing a rhythm and music and writing a song right there in the middle of it i mean we've had we've had moments where like there's been uh one of our more recent songs we were like in the you know we had a break between songs and we were gearing up to play another one and victor just kind of started tinkering with a little bass line and i was like don't stop you know right <laughs> kyle drops in on the drums he comes in with a you know like a, a lockstep upbeat punk beat and i'm like all right and then, you know, I'm like, he's playing an A. So I'm like, okay. And I hit an A and all of a sudden we have a two and a half minute song that we're, you know, out of the air, you know what I mean? You have to record it because I found out we lost so many songs but not hit record on my phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got, I've got like, I'm, my phone is actually, uh, I need to like clean it up because I've got so many fo- like song ideas. Like mm-hmm. the, most of the memory on my phone is just crap from me talking into my phone or recording songs in the middle of the room and practice. Like, Oh yeah, I, I can understand that. I, if I can show you my phone, I'll show it to you. It, it's got like same thing. It's like if it's not notes, it's audio recordings. I think I have three different apps that are full of audio recordings. Yeah, like I, I, last week, it, my phone wouldn't even let me send a text message because it was like it was basically like you have to clean me out, you know. <laughs> Nothing, not. So then I finally had to do like a purge and get rid of a bunch of stuff and archives and stuff. But yeah, it's, you know, it's a it's a constant thing. And but we're in the jam room. Sometimes it just comes out of nowhere. See, that's what somebody needs to make is some kind of um, either an app or I don't have a guitar tab. A lot of people use for that, but like something for original songs that you can put your original songs in. It's always there. It stores it. And it's like a cloud, but it's like a musical cloud or something for you for yourself. They need to make something like that. 
Yeah, SoundCloud used to work like that, the phone app uh, back in the day. Um, you could, that's the way like I started doing it was, uh, you could record on the SoundCloud app and then it will throw it up on SoundCloud like right away. Uh, so you didn't have to keep it on your phone. Um, but once they, I don't know, maybe like five or so years ago, they they uh, got rid of that feature. I don't know why, it was, it was crazy. I knew we were gonna talk about today. You know? <laughs> my my son's a, an IT guy in the Air Force, so I'm gonna have to talk to him about <laughs> about fixing that and get me something for music. Either that or launch, you know, hell, launch another app. Like it's a million dollar idea. It is, yeah. I just don't know how to do it. I, I'm when it comes to computer savvy, this is about as savvy as I'm gonna get. Me too, man. You're lucky that I was even able to turn on turn my laptop on. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I saw that the uh, microphone you had in there, so you got must have like a condenser mic hooked in, so you guys can be pick, picked up. We no, actually, well, I mean that that failed miserably because I was. It's, we don't have to go into it, but yeah, it didn't work out, so I had to move it off to the side. But we tried. Looks good though. Yeah, we look professional. Professional. <laughs> it looked. It looked. For, it, I was like, all right, they're prepared. They're ready. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm out here actually in my garage slash studio, and I call it slash studio because I'm not done building it yet. Um, everything I'm doing by hand. So I'd like to build a wall and then uh, I've got it insulated and I've got panels up on the ceiling that I'm finishing up. Um, it's slowly but surely. So. So tell everybody about um, what you got going on right now, like music wise, what's, what's going on with you guys? You said you're writing. I know that. So we, uh, we actually, that, that song I just kind of referenced about how we just, you know, Victor was, Tinkering around, and then all of a sudden, we you know pulled a song out of it. Um, we just recorded that. We went down to um, what is it, Minimum Wage Studios in, in Richmond, Virginia. Uh -huh. uh, you know, name drop this guy Lance Kohler, who runs the studio, is a real good guy, real smart, real efficient. Uh, he's got a really, really nice, comfortable space down there. Our, our buddies and actually uh, Studebaker Hawk recommended that we try this guy out because we, we were looking for um, you know, we've done everything up to now. We've done everything with it. Uh, with a click track, like very rigid, and um, you know, just to make sure everything was nice and, and, uh, and, and short up. We wanted to get more of a like, let's record live and uh, okay. get that energy rather than doing it to a click. And uh, so we, we cut this song. It was last Tuesday. We all took the day off from down there, um, and it was it was phenomenal. We had a great time. Uh, we you know, it took us it took about seven eight hours, but we got everything we wanted out of it. We just have to get it mixed and mastered, so that's going to be a single that's coming out soon. And uh, we think we got to talk about it. But we think it's going to be the lead single off of our next EP, um, which we're thinking probably going to be like a four or five song little ditty. But um, that should be coming. I'd say this fall. I think we're going to record sometime in September, October, finish everything up, and then uh, hopefully like late fall, early winter, we'll have a release. Um, okay. And, you know, if we hit a snag, it'll be early next year. But we've since we got together and we like really got our. Uh, you know, kind of got our chops up and started to figure each other out. And, uh, you know, just basically we got everything in line. We've been trying to release music, like at least a few songs every year. So like we, 2020, our debut dropped. Um, 2021, we did, a, we did a little three song EP and we released each song on that as a single at each, you know, like spring, summer, fall. Mm -hmm. And then uh, this guy, we're, you know, we're gonna try to package as like a lead single and then the rest comes out. Uh, a little later on but we're you know we're always working it's uh i think i think the three of us would go nuts if we didn't yeah, have this so now do you guys get to do music full-time or do you have other jobs too mm -hmm. we're, 
Yeah. <laughs> we don't work. I do. I do both poorly. It's good. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, we, we, we we all work our full time jobs. Uh, you know, it's we hope maybe someday uh, it'll it'll take off like that. But you know how it is, man. There's there's a lot of competition and uh, it's just it's just the way of it. We're 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 grinding as, as best we can. Yeah. And I mean, that's, I think that's part of everything that you do. You, you find your sound and then you perfect your sound and then you play and you play and you play and hopefully get that, that break and it takes off and before you know it, you're looking back like, what the hell happened? We remember when we were sitting in the, in the dive bars playing and nobody was there. And we, I we, remember. We, <laughs> moments like that in, in our, you know, in, with our limited success, like we've had moments where we, you know, we look back and we're like, man, remember when we were like, you know, the, our first time playing in front of anybody was at like that open mic and that, you know, like the smoky pool hall down in Leesburg, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. it's, it's funny. I mean, you, we, we all feel like we've, we've come a long way. You know, I remember the time speaking to that where I dropped a, so we were playing open mic and there's a house kit. It was really crappy house kit, just beat to hell. And we're, Kyle's destroys other people. <laughs> <laughs> well, too long, too long, didn't listen. I break shit. Uh, so I'm just moving around, play a song, and I knock the cymbal over onto this dude who's hosting. Uh, it was a big, it was like a beautiful, like not like one of those crappy ovations with the plastic back. It was like a beautiful acoustic ovation, and this like it was like either a cymbal or a tom or something. Just fell. I mean, it gouged like a thumb-sized hole out of this guitar. Oh. <laughs> and I was so worried. And then guy like called me back a couple times. He said, "You have to pay for it." I was like, "Okay, I'll pay for it." And he kind of fell off, and I was like, "Sweet." I was so mad about that, but yeah. So, so back where we played, like you know. Yeah, that was the last time I played. <laughs> yeah, we that. yeah. For, for reasons. Yeah, it's fine. See, now that's what I like about when I, when I interview bands, are stories. I mean, songwriters have stories too, but like gig stories. So you have to tell me, um, where's the what's a funny story? We heard that one. Do you have a funny story that happened as the band? I'll let Kyle take over on this one because he uh, we, we played a show in Winchester, Virginia. And <laughs> Kyle, the, the band at the end of the night, Kyle tuned up their DI box pretty good by accident. Didn't even realize he did it. And like the last, the last band didn't. You know, we played second. The band after us, they had like a forty-five minute delay before anybody realized their DI box got screwed yeah. up. Well, yeah, not naming any names, but we're playing and uh, finish a set. And since we're such a low, high-level band, right? We still have to upload our own gear. And I'm moving uh my cymbal stands off i take everything off the stage and then break it down in the parking lot or on the side of the bar wherever mm -hmm. and i'm grabbing my kick drum with my kick pedal still attached to it you know picking it up you can't see what i'm doing obviously it's a podcast sorry picking it up and moving it off the stage and as i'm picking it up the uh, kick pedal falls and the heel of the metal you know kick pedal smacks right in the di box and breaks it and just shatters that thing and we're loading off, like, I didn't think anything of it because it's dark stage, it's that and the other. And we're loading off, you know, we're like, okay, well, it's getting late, I want to go home, I want to support the other band, but, you know, getting late, what the hell's the holdup? And then they, they take away the holdup. <laughs> <laughs> Damn <laughs> drummers. <laughs> and Max is, Max is not, like he alluded to, uh, they, they figured out the DI box was jacked up. Yep. And Victor's like looking at me, he's like, wait a minute. Victor put it together. Didn't right you right. drop your, your kick pedal on that thing? Like, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Whoops. We didn't you know, say anything because we're horrible people. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a fun one. And let's see, we definitely have some more. The, the other funny thing about that show is like the night, the night before I'd gone to see uh, Colder Wall. I'm not familiar mm. with He's a, you know, like a country troubadour type dude. Oh, I know Colder. Yeah, I know Colder. Yeah, yeah. He, so 
she played uh, out in um, West Virginia, and I, I went with my friends out there the night before. I mean, like, drunk is not even a word for how hammered we are. <laughs> and I, I was so hungover that day. <laughs> yeah, dude, it was rough. I mean, the one thing I remember, other than Kyle breaking that guy's DI box, was that, like, we played the show, and after I, like, got all my gear off stage, like, I, I, I practically needed to be carried out of there. I was like, why does it ghost? I, was, I couldn't believe I got through it. It was just... It was one of the, I mean, we played pretty good, but it was just like, you know, it was like, mercy God, why did I do that to myself? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. It, it was a funny show, man. We, we've got, you know, we've many. got many silly uh, interactions with other bands and, you know, hecklers and all the rest of it. I think on the first proper show, oh, God. Um, we, you know, I think it was like an hour, an hour and a half down south. Yeah. Here in Farm Oil, and yeah. uh, uh, we're playing at this place that was like a coffee shop slash Jamaican restaurant. Okay. <laughs> with, with like uh, a singer songwriter lady, and uh, you know, we show up and we, you know, she plays like a set, and then uh, we were gonna play a set, and then I guess she was gonna play another set afterwards. Um, <clears throat> So we go and start loading our stuff in and, you know, bringing in like a face cab. Yeah, cabinets, full drum set. Yeah, like loud looking stuff. Yeah, <laughs> nobody says it. <laughs> Get it all set up. Yeah. So then we're like checking our levels and then like the guy behind the bar is like, like looking at us. <laughs> He's like sweating. Yeah, he, that's kind of, he was like half mean marking us. And we're like, what's, what's, what's the deal here? Yeah. So then we start, uh, we rip into the first song and, uh, he comes over and he starts trying to adjust the amps to lower them down and, and then so uh if there's one rule that you do not break it's don't touch a man's amp if you don't <laughs> like you know, like especially mid-performance like I, I remember i was we were, we were like a minute and a half into the first song yeah and i feel this presence like you know at my at my left on the microphone and i just closed my eyes because i was like i'm getting through this song before this guy tells me to turn anything down and like he literally just stopped the show. He was like, "You guys are too loud. You can't play." I want to say I, I, I might be making it up. But I want to say he grabbed my cymbals at one point to stop it from. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it was like <laughs> it was aggressive. I mean, it was like it was our first show. Very and we show. and we played a minute and a half, and then we're told to kindly to leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I did forget about that, but I forgot. I forgot about that. That's yeah. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. That's something I don't. Try, I don't try to think about that one too often. Yeah, but luckily the um, the lady that had us out. Uh, was nice enough, and after the show, uh, she let us play her basement. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we actually did get to play. So. That was pretty cool. Yeah. So it was. That was. That's a wild way to start a career. <laughs> <laughs> I remember we took our band. Um, there was a um, like a, no, no, it was a it was a restaurant in like Marietta, and it was it was an open mic, but it was like a you got like a thirty minute set of open mic, right? And they said, yeah, you can bring drums, electric, doesn't matter, bring everything you want. Okay, so we did. We brought. I mean, we brought it all in. And I mean, when I say this place was the stage, this is when there was four of us, the stage, it held three of us, right? So, and we're not small guys. So we're side by side. I'm in my guitar. I can't, if I move, I'm going to, I'm going to hit the singer if, yeah. if, or I'm going to hit the bassist on the other side. So we're like stuck in a position playing. We had to put the drummer behind us in the back door that they don't open. So he could, we didn't even mic the drum. I said, we're not even going to mic the drum because it's no sense. And he's loud enough as it is. So we put it there and we played. And then the guy told, uh, I remember Chip was the one who was running it. He told him, he said, you can't let them, they can't come back. They can't play. 
And he said, but you said you could bring drum set. It wasn't that we were bad. It's just that we were loud, right. but it was, it's a band. And I said, we didn't even mic the drums. And it was too loud for a, a restaurant that honestly you couldn't hear five feet in front of you anyway. It was just that loud from them coming to us. Yeah. I thought that was funny. Yeah, that's not definitely. The, the little the little corners that you have to shove yourself into sometimes just to just to play a gig and have some fun and you know work those demons out with a live gig. You know what I mean? It's like we've, I've I've played uh, stages that are you know four foot by four foot and all the drummer fits up there and you know and they're, they're, they're telling me that I can't I can't play. I'm six foot eight, so they you know I've had I played shows with promoters telling me I got to get up there and the drummer has a drummer. I'm like I'm not I, look at me like I can't. So you mentioned it earlier about like the hard uh, having gigs are hard to find for bands. And I think it is harder for bands to find gigs that they can play at because a lot of people now they want the background music and bands. Usually you can't put a band as a background. It's just, it won't work. I think it's a couple of things. I think that's hundred percent accurate. I also think, you know, rebounding from what we went through for the last three years, two years, whatever it was, you know, they don't want to take a chance and not make any money on a Friday night with an unestablished band. If you have a guy coming in doing the acoustic thing by himself, that's guaranteed. People aren't going to be pissed. They'll stay around for it. If you have a, a really good cover band, which there are a couple of good cover bands up here, I'm sure, you know, nationwide, those are also guaranteed to you know, not piss people off. They're safe. We're, we're your all originals. We have one or two covers. That we've made our own uh that people dig but for the most part all of our originals you know you don't typically do well in those kind of spaces i guess people want to hear yeah. Yeah. stuff. And i'm not and i'm not really like in saying what i'm about to say i'm not really trying to take a shot at the, the other the cover bands around here it's mostly the venues but like we are living where we live right now it's like it's the land of the like dad rock cover band and that's cool but for guys like us who you know uh, are, are trying to make something original and get out there and, you know, like kind of right. have a bit of energy with what we do. It's, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's tough to get booked. They want to, people, like there's a lot of wineries around here. So people want to hear like Sweet Caroline and, you know, again, no, nothing against that. It's just, that's right. not who we are. So you can almost uh, set your watch by the time that uh, wine video is going to come on. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> if, you, if you're lucky, you'll hear it twice. And yeah. the first set and the second set. <laughs> did, you, did, you, did you just say wagon wheel? Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh man, if if you guys heard before, the guys listen to the show knows how I feel about one. I, I don't. I'm not a big cover fan either. I, I don't like. I don't like doing the covers, and if I do, I'm going to do them my way. I'm, I'm not going to do the. I can't. I can't match the originals. No sense even trying. I won't do Wagon Wheel. I just you know that's. I, I free. I'd rather do Freebird. I play Freebird because now it's a seven minute jam. It's playing. It's fun. Wagon Wheel. I, I won't touch it. And. It's like Tennessee whiskey. No, my my voice won't carry Tennessee whiskey. I'm too growly. I just I can't. Now the when we had Alan, he would sing it, and it was like R and B. It was it, it fit. But that you guys hit on that, and it's so funny because the same thing here is cover bands are everywhere, and people go to see them. And I'm not big. I don't mind them doing. It. I, I get why they do it because it's songs that they want to hear, and people want to sing along. And they don't know your originals, so until they hear it over and over and over, it's hard to to kind of sing with it. And they want to sing and they want to dance. Uh, you guys, being kind of a punk band, probably don't have the same problem as a lot of like the tip. I'm on use quotations, the single singer songwriters because they do slow, sad songs. 
And you can't do that in a bar. They will eat you alive if you do that in a bar. Maybe one or two you can slip in, but if, if you go like 30 minutes, 40 minutes, and it's all sad, slow songs, you, dude, I, I, I've been in a bar and seen it happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people, people leave. There's, there's another bar right next door, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that guy's probably playing something a little happier. Or they just get a lot louder. <laughs> <laughs> and an acoustic set, it doesn't matter. They'll, they'll drown you out anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's a, that's the you know that's the thing about doing the acoustic thing. It's like that's why it's. Uh, I mean, I have the utmost respect for the people that do it. Is like it's you know it's ballsy. You're out there by yourself, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of the time you know you'll see an acoustic act like that in the corner at some some bar on a Friday or Saturday night or whatever, and you know people are talking over them. But it's it's cool every now and then when you see that and this whoever this singer songwriter might be like all of a sudden has the room. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And they're like whoa like. She's like she's putting it her soul into it. I, I love when I see that. Like that's it's it's because it's it's kind of rare, and you know it's like it's uh it's a beautiful thing when people like start to hush and go, oh man, like something, mm-hmm. something's actually happening for you. That's how you know you got the bar. Yeah, right. When the bar I, buys you a drink, that's how you know. You got see, the bar. <laughs> I play a I play a I'm not really a joke, but when to get them involved, I when I do a cover, like I do a Prince cover when Doves Cry, but I completely change it. Cause uh, I'm gonna make it my way, so I make a game out of it. It's like, all right, if you can guess what song I'm playing before I get to the hook, I'll buy you a beer. If not, you gotta buy me one. And that 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 gets them into it. And they usually can't hit it, so I usually get free drinks at, from the from everybody. That's a, that's a nice little racket you got there. <laughs> that's the only way I can do covers. Cause I I'm, I, I know people say originals don't do originals. If you got me coming in, you're getting ninety percent originals. I'll do like maybe. For every four of my originals, I might do a cover. Yeah. And I'm going to change it just to fuck with it and see what I can do. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, <laughs> the second song on our first record is a cover of um, Johnny Cash's uh, Home of the Blues. Okay. It just, like, we just, you know, sped it up and pumped it out, you know, and it just worked. Like, I, I've always loved that song. It just kind of, it was like, we, as we were getting to know each other, we were like, we need, we need to add something in here that's really going to slap that we can, you know, kind of get to know each other musically on, and it just worked out. And, um, we get we do a couple of others. We do uh, the Woody Guthrie song, or kind of his version, "Going Down the Road Feeling Bad." We'll we'll trot that one out and kind of you know that's like an up tempo one. And then we um, we do a one headlight by the Wallflowers too every now and then. So the, the one headlight. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We'll I mean, we played a we played like a my in laws fortieth um, birthday party back this winter. So you know everybody they're all what aging millennials or whatever generation right. And, Mm-hmm. They're right in that zone, and we play. Uh, we play one headlight, and I mean, they're like every gal in that place, man, was singing and dancing. We were like, you know, it was the first time that had ever happened for us. We we're like, all right, it's too bad. Yeah, people are right. This is the first one. See, it, it's fun. You guys can do that because you guys are like punk music and a little bit faster. Is that you take the slow songs and make them fast? I do the opposite. Like I take Danzig and I'll slow them down. Oh, and I'll do a, I'll do a mother song. I do mother and I slow it down and I play it because it's like three chords, like A F G. And it's, it fits. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to play it in there and I'm going to make it slow. And then I take, like, I do beat it. Um, okay. When doves cry mother. And then we just started doing straight up by Paula Abdul to see what it would sound like. I was like, I want to see what we can do with this song. That's awesome. So let's hear one of your guys song. Which one do you want to hear first? Which one you guys want to draw? I'm going to leave it up to Victor. Yeah. I mean, we can do, uh, Victor's our ambassador, by the way. Yeah. All right. 
I'm going to share the screen so y'all can see it too. And y'all tell me which song you want to play. Or do you want to go hard or do you want to go soft? We'll go hard. Let's go. Right, let's go uh, we'll do Down With The Ship for the first one. Down With The Ship. Okay, now, I'm a songwriter. I want to hear the story. What's the story behind the song? All right. Uh, so this was um, what? It was so when the, you know, COVID-19 hits, right? That's what, uh, mid-March 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, we, uh, you know, we all thought, okay, we'll let, you know, take this a day at a time. We could have found however we were supposed to play it. And um, obviously, you know, it, it didn't, it didn't take a day. It didn't take two weeks. It took a long time. And after a couple of weeks of like of quarantining and, and whatever, just being in our houses, we quickly realized just like everybody else, I'm sure just how nuts we were going, not playing with each other. So we, you know, our jam rooms nicely spread out. And we said, look, if we just wear masks and do our thing, uh, you know, make sure that we're, we're being smart about this. We can, we can get together at least once a week, see each other play and, you know, keep our chops up and, and maybe right. And I got, I was so, uh, I'm an angry guy, you know, like I, I'm, I, as a, as a kid, I was, I wasn't as good as uh, controlling my emotions, obviously, but now, you know, I'm in my mid thirties, I'm pretty good about it. And mm-hmm. anger is like everything I do comes out of some form of anger, like whether it's art or whatever. So this song is born out of basically being cooped up and watching, uh, you know, watching people be uh, ugly to each other about what you're supposed to think or what you're supposed to know, or you know, trust the science, don't trust the science, whatever. Just all the all the, the stuff, the jargon that came along with that era, and just how uh, how you know how ugly, bleak, and, and mean spirited everything felt. Um, I, I I lashed out with these lyrics, so I just felt like you know, man, we we're, we're all going down, and you know, doesn't matter who you are, we're going down, and if we're going down, you know. I'm going to have a drink and I'm going to laugh it off. And that's basically what this song's about. Okay. I'm going to mute us and then I'm going to play it. So when you guys hear it, just give me like a thumbs up that you can hear it. And this is Down With a Ship. Let me 
There you go. All right. I don't like that. I, I always make notes when I hear the song so I can, can, can kind of tell you guys what I think of it. First, the drum, Kyle, the drumming on that is awesome. Thank you. Dude, that, that tempo and the, the changes, I'm going to you have to teach my drummer how to do that because <laughs> I know he wants to do that kind of music. I mean, I couldn't sing it, but the, the, I, I love that. It, it reminded me of the mosh pit age. Yeah. Did you, yeah. Guys, did you guys ever do mosh pits? Many many days, yeah. I kicked out of a Lamb of God show once for too much. The dude like grabbed me. The security guard grabbed me. He's like, "If I see you up here one more time, you're out of here." And I was like, "Oh, okay." And I went back and did it again. He threw me out. <laughs> I could just see that because um, I, I try to get visuals when I listen to the stuff like that too. And I just see like if you guys were like in a, in a, in a movie song, you'd be like one of the bands with everybody dancing around and just jumping around and, and having a good time. It's it's a feel good song. I mean, I, I, I like that stuff. I like the structure of it too. Yeah, we tried to uh, um, before we finish before we started mixing it. Uh, we went back in and threw a lot of the um, the candy stuff in there, like the claps and uh, yeah, that that was all and and, um, just to give it that much more. Like you said, just put it in people's heads that. It's supposed to be energetic and you're supposed to have fun. Yeah, it's a good mix. Whatever all you put in there, I'm sure. It's funny, if anybody's never been in a studio to record, you got like 70 tracks of a song. I mean, people think it's like just like four or five. It's it's so many more. 
and it goes into it. And it was good. I liked that. I like everything y'all guys put in it. It was upbeat. It was fun. Um, it was it was supposed to be. I mean, it's a punk song. It's dancing. It's, it's jumping around. It's like anti-establishment kind of stuff. And it's exactly what it's supposed to be. It's, it's funny, too. Cause it's like when we have played it at shows, if there are, you know, teenagers or maybe like some younger 20-somethings or whatever, like the kids dig it. I mean, I, I, you know, I feel like I'm, you know, I'm, what, 35 years old. I just turned 35 yesterday. But I feel like I'm 17 years old in my head constantly. You know, I'm just like a child at heart. So it's it's cool to, like, have connected with some kids in the scene that are like, you know, man, that's a, that's a badass little number these guys are playing. It's, it's nice to kind of just get that energy back for them. Yeah. 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 You also get, like, the older people just sit in the back yeah, if we can appeal to the, to the, you know, the 50-somethings and the 20-somethings, and I feel like we're doing something right. Right. And I can, I could see why, like, you talked about, like, that you were too loud. If if the sound guy adjusts you right, and that's a, that's a big if. I know that's that's one of the biggest issues that people have is the sound. It you could you could hear it better. I mean, and I know you guys have your amps. A lot of times in a room, if you guys got amps and drums, there ain't no sense to even mic you. You're already going to be carried in a small room. Yeah. You know, maybe the mic, the, the singer would be the only person that would need to be mic'd and turned up. I I went to a, a Smith's Old Bar here in Atlanta. It's one of the big bars that still plays bands and stuff. So if you ever guys are ever come to Georgia, Atlanta, look up Smith's Old Bar. You could probably get in there. Um, but the sound guy, it was a school of rock. Um, and I took the band out. We all went out for kind of a, just a bonding situation. That's drinking, having a good time, listening to other people sing. And we went to listen to this school of rock. I don't know if you guys have that up there too. Oh, yeah, so it's like, it's like kids playing. They were really, really good. But the sound guy had it so high. I mean, it literally was like when she, the singer would sing, it was like screaming in my ear and it's a small room, probably not much, not much bigger than a garage, maybe, you know, and it's got three walls, so it's bouncing off of it. And I'm like, I literally, when I came out of there, I, I had lost hearing for three days. It took three days to get the ringing out of my ears. So, I was like, oh, hell, I got to go to the doctor. I can't hear shit no more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That was fun. That, I like that stuff. Yeah. So um, I, I meant to ask you, okay, what's, where's the name come from? Dogwood Gospel. So without, you know, without, I'm, I'm, I like stories and I'm like a pretty contextual person. So, you know, I, I try not to ramble, but I always fail. I don't try not to ramble. But the way, the way it happened is, like I said, I was, you know, I was writing these folk songs and I was like kind of wrapping stuff up with my metal band. We had a, a few last shows booked. This was like late 2017. And uh, I met Kyle through the internet, right? Through Facebook. And uh, he and I started jamming and we were knocking around ideas. Like, what are we going to call ourselves? What, what are we going for? We didn't even know what we were doing. I mean, we're just getting to know each other. I didn't know the guy at all. Um, he just responded to a, an ad that I put up on Facebook looking for a drummer. And, uh, you know, like I said, he brought Victor in, which, you know, Victor was a great fit. We all started, you know, getting loose, getting goofy and, and kind of feeling each other. And um, we were trying to come up with, I was trying to come up with something like folksy because I originally set out to be in a country band and, you know, these guys screwed my pooch about that. <laughs> So I was like trying to come up with something folksy and something that was meaningful. Like, uh, you know, I, I, like I, I like joke bands and all that kind of stuff, but I'm, I take music probably too seriously. And mm. I want to, you know, everything I'm going to do or we're going to do, like, I want it to be serious. I want there to be like some kind of message or it's like an exercising of something I'm thinking or something that's hurt me, whatever. And um, 
I was thinking about Virginia. We're from Virginia. I wanted to pay homage to Virginia somehow in the name. The state tree is the dogwood tree. So I was like, okay, dogwood, that's good. That's that's nice. Like we can work, we can work that into a logo, you know, like the dogwood flowers are very beautiful. Like we can we can figure something out that'll look kind of nice and rootsy. And but I was like, dogwood's not enough, you know, dogwood what? And at the risk of sounding like we were a religious band, you know, if you're <laughs> if they missed the truth, oh yes. <laughs> if, if you're a Christian, you know, if you're whatever you whatever you whatever you believe, that's cool. We're not you're not looking down on anything, but uh gospel, I was thinking like in the in like, I think it's like in, in, in its first incarnation as like an English word meant good news. Mm. So I was thinking, all right, well, you know, me and these guys are all from Virginia and we're all playing music and like us meeting each other and playing music is feeling good. So this is good news for Virginians. And it just kind of turned into, you know, like dogwood gospel. Okay, that sounds cool. People will probably like that. You know, we, we tell people like if I, when you're, you know, when you're in your mid, as you know, I'm sure, like when you're uh, aging the way, you know, we're in our mid to late thirties, we're like, you tell people find out you're in a band at work. They're like, "Oh yeah, you're in a band." And you're like, "What's the name of your band?" You tell them like Dogwood Gospel. They're like, "Oh, that's actually a really good band." <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, as we were talking about it, it just I like we we kicked around the idea that my name goes first since I like kind of wrote the first few songs and I and I I kind of initiated the contact between everybody. Mm-hmm. And I I wasn't too hot on it at first, honestly. Like I'm I, I wasn't too sure about it, but. Uh, I'm not mistaken unless I'm you know remembering things the way I want to remember. I think these guys were pretty instrumental and be like, no, Max Redding and the Dog of Gospel, that's slacks. That's a you know, not a mouthful, but it's a mouthful enough where it's like that'll stick right. that kind of thing. So that's basically, you know, how it happened. Okay. So now I like names like that. My band is called Yes Ma'am and it's M-A-M. It stands for middle-aged men, because we're all in our close to 40 years old. So I'm 45. So and I think Jordan's in his 40s. I think the youngest is probably going to be Mike now. He just joined. But I, I like names with stories. And it's funny. I think I think band names should always be hilarious in one form or another or should have some kind of meaning to it. And that's what, that's what I always ask. Because, I mean, you see weird names of bands. And I, I don't even remember what we were going to call ourselves besides Yes Ma'am now. We've been together for five years. Yeah, I mean, we. I don't even – I don't think I – you know, for the first time, like ever, yeah, I, like the first band I was in, I had all these grand plans. I'll be like, okay, this is going to be the name. This is what we're going to be about. All this stuff, da, 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 right? And of course, you know, you announce your plans. God laughs, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that that didn't go the way I wanted to. Like when we went into this, I it was just kind of like blank slate, like whatever. You know, day at a time, whatever comes comes. You know, flood notes. We're going to laugh them off. We're just going to have fun with this and let it happen. Right. And it just kind of as uh, as we've you know as we've taken it from the band name to where we are now, it's just kind of been a, a day at a time. Let's have fun, a smile, not take it too seriously. And you know, obviously, you get a big show, you want to be prepared, that kind of thing. We're, you know, we, we uh, the band name I feel like is a pretty good reflection of. Uh, it's like you say, it's like it's kind of a funny story. So it's like it's got a, it's got a kind of a kick in that way, but it, it's memorable, and I feel like it reflects upon the three of us and just kind of. The, uh, not to sound too douchey, but the soul work. I feel like we're <laughs> doing some music. Here. Now, um, how long have you guys been together total? 17. Yeah, about five years. Five years, same. 20, I don't know if we linked up in uh, fall of 2017. And then you brought Victor in February 2018? Yeah, we And then, yeah, that's just been it, man. It's been like, I think Vic came in. And I think we scared the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, it was like the second practice. And I barely have a 
grasp of the songs. Like, I can get through them, uh, but you know. Uh, but then they're like, "Hey, yeah, we're going to this open mic in 20 minutes." Like, <laughs> yeah, and they're like, uh, "No, <laughs> I don't want to be grasping myself up there because I barely know these songs." So it was, it was, it was a lot at the beginning. So I'm like. Yeah, I'll be back next week. <laughs> yeah, they caught over in like go 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 mode, and Victor was like, "What? Like he's like, let's you know, like buy me a drink first, butter me up a little bit, right? Turn <laughs> a drink or something here, you know." Now this is more for the band, I think, than for for you, Max. Um, you guys normally, I know the bands like get a set list; they set it up for their for their gigs. How often do you go off script? Because I know, and, I, and the reason I ask is because I, I don't know, I want to know because of the band or my band when Alan's with us, we'd have a set list and we'd practice that set list in that order so we were ready and prepared. And then he'd throw in a song that wasn't even a set list or he'd jump out of order. So I'm curious, does, does, does that happen with you guys too or do y'all pretty I think good on that? We stick to it. Um, but when we practice, we practice the songs in random orders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll take turns calling out something. Um, and it's usually like somebody will call something out that they feel like they need to work on. Um, but when we play the show, we usually, um, we have like the first four, five songs that kind of flow really well, like one led into the other, um, mm. kind of stuck to that for a little while. Um, I guess the last half, um, depends on how much time we have left. Yeah. We'll, 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 sometimes we'll take something out. Um, uh, but those are kind of in the same kind of order. We yeah. usually flip, flip them around. Yeah. We kind of cut our teeth when we started gigging pre pandemic. There's a venue up here called uh, Jam and Java. Okay. And it's a pretty, pretty good venue, really. Oh, the sound system. Established place. Yeah, the sound system. They have like national touring acts come through, and we, we'd always. You know, you're, you're thirsty for a show, so we'd always get ourselves booked on as many battle of the bands we could get. Mm-hmm. We always had like 25 minutes, no, it's 15, 15 minutes, yeah, 15 minutes. minutes. And so we kind of honed our, our set based around that limited time slot. So we would hit the tracks Casino, Home of the Blues, Black Iron Smoke, and River City Queen. And we would be out the stage in maybe 15 minutes and 38 seconds. Like we would just rip them and we practice that. And that's and that sequence for so long that that's now kind of the staple of how our set starts. And after those four, we kind of do this, do that. There's a couple of the ones hit, like if we add it down with the ship after that. So that's definitely, we always play that when we can. Yeah. Some of the songs are different tuning too. So like I'll, I'll have to switch a guitar out. So that'll, that kind of plays into how we want to build a set. That definitely kind of, I feel like drew or dictates how we start our set. Is because we kind of got real comfortable, like Victor was saying, playing those four in a row that, Got to slap back to back to back to back. Yeah, we we I feel like we could blindfold <laughs> in our sleep blindfold. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, now have like I think the transitions into them are, are really good. Like um, between Black Iron Smoke and River City Queen, uh, Kyle will play just like the basic beat to River City Queen while we tune up, and and then we all come in and it just it just works because. You know, still has people's attention. Um, I don't know. At some point, we're gonna have to change it. But yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's working. 
Yeah, yeah I mean, when, when you start, you said it's like you got to have, you want to eliminate uh, dead time. You know, you don't want people to be like, oh, I got time to smoke a cigarette or whatever. You want people mm-hmm. to be on it with you. So, like, we, we tried to make sure it was like, all right, like, first four songs, we more or less are giving them 15 seconds of dead time between any song. And, like, you know, in those four, like, total. So, come out hard and fast. Yep. Well, listen to another one of your guys' songs. Which one do you listen to next? Uh, let's we're gonna go with Catoctin Lullaby. Okay. And you know I'm gonna ask her what's the story behind the song. Uh, well, so <laughs> the story behind this one is um, again like this is one of the uh, the COVID nineteen era songs. Um, so it was it's heavy like not heavy like as in like heavy punky or heavy metal or anything like that. It's just uh, subject matter is pretty close to home. It's kind of about struggling with depression and just, um, you know, those days where it's hard to put a foot in front of the other. And I don't know, man, there's not a whole lot to it. Uh, Victor, that was another one of those where Victor, uh, we were sitting around, you know, in between songs, maybe taking a break, taking 15, checking our phones, whatever. And Victor comes up with this boom, bam, 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 boom, bam, 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 bam. And I'm like, don't stop doing that. <laughs> yeah. Over. Yeah, break over. It. yeah tell, I'm like, Kyle, put the phone down. Put your phone down. So, you know, Kyle comes in with a nice little beat, and then I'm like, okay, he's in G, so I hit a G chord, and I'm like, then, you know, we're off to the races, and before you know, we got a new song, and then uh, the rest of the pieces kind of came in as we were recording. I added some pedal steel in there. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's a very, it's much more of a country song compared to Down With The Ship, and the other thing worth noting is we brought in this local vocalist named Mary Langford, who is just a pleasure to work with. She is absolutely professional. Her voice is like, you know, unmatched in my opinion. And uh, we were lucky enough to work with her. She, she laid down some vocals on this track that really make it pop. And, you know, my, my dopey vocals don't even compare to what she does on it. And uh, she's just, you know, I can't sing her praises enough. So Mary, if you ever hear this, thanks for doing this. But um, that's more or less the, the history of the track is just, uh, we came up with this little, you know, this little chord progression based on Victor's baseline and then went into the studio and kind of built on top of it. And it's just, kind of kind of about getting through uh you know a rough patch in your life all right i'm gonna mute us and we're gonna listen to it so easily ignored so needed by us all Carried on the breeze like a spent leaf of falling To drift aimlessly towards a slow motion end Drifting senselessly to a slow motion end A shame to forget to whom we owe this dead Born of ash and returned anew That old spent leaf of falling That once held the dew Drifting aimlessly Towards a slow motion end Drifting senselessly To a slow motion end The air is cooler down by the creek 
Have you ever, have you guys ever seen or heard that song Ashes by Celine Dion? Unfortunately, I can't say I have. There, there's a video, you got to watch, it's from Deadpool 2, the song is. It, it's, it, you're talking about the lady singing. It's, it's, uh, there's a video, the YouTube video, if you, if you go look at it, it's got Celine Dion and Ryan Reynolds dressed as Deadpool 2. And he's asking her to sing a song. It's a great song. And he goes, you got to take it down. You're like an 11 and we needed a five. <laughs> and she goes, this shit only goes to 11. <laughs> so when you, when you said that woman saying, I can hear, she's got a really, really good voice. 
Yeah, I told her when we were in the studio, she's like, so what do you want me to do? And I was like, you know, the great gig in the sky by Pink Floyd. And she was like, yep. And I was like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're now, gonna try that somehow, you know, like make that a country sound thing. And go for it. Did y'all sing like at the same time or she just go in and sing after you did it and kind of laid? Afterwards, I was, uh, when we started writing the song, I had a pretty good idea that, you know, I think we all talked about it. We're like, man, you know, what really makes this pop a good, a good female vocal, well, a good vocalist, period, but a good mm-hmm. female vocalist. And, uh, my our producer our engineer uh he he um you know he's like he's got a rolodex like you wouldn't believe of, of talented people in this area and he was like i got just just the gal for you and she came in did it in, i think it was three takes that was that say her name again mary lankford mary lankford okay she's a i mean just a hell of a person okay i say enough nice stuff and you got a really deep voice i'm sure you get that a lot your voice is kind of like a baritone almost in it yeah, it's, it's weird. I, uh, cause I can go, I mean, I think if I sing an A, that's probably the top of my register. Uh, but I mean, I, yeah, like I, I live for, you know, that kind of, um, lower, like a uh, croon, I guess. I mean, like I said, when I was a kid, my mom, you know, my, like I had no choice, but to love Elvis and my <laughs> cash and stuff like that. I had no choice. And, uh, so like if I, ever learned to sing along with anything at an early age i mean not that i had a deep voice then, obviously but I, it was that stuff and then as i got older i was like you know i was like wait a minute this, this johnny cashville is really on to something here <laughs> so now i have i started asking guests and i'm gonna give you guys a chance to you can do it if you want you don't have to it's not a requirement but i always want to see like we talked about a cover people don't do covers very often and but you want to change it so i'm gonna give you guys a cover to do and you can you can send it to me, do a video of it later if you want to. Um, but do the song your way. Don't do it the original way. Do it Max and the Dogwood Gospel way. Sure. Frank Sinatra, I did it my way. Okay. You, you said you said crooner. I was like, oh, okay. Frankie Blue Eyes. I would love to hear a punk version of that. Good song. We'll do it. What, what was the track again? I did it my way. I, I did it my way. All right. Yeah, you're on. I like a good challenge. All right, because I had a lady do TikTok. I said, all right, because she, she's a country singer, so do TikTok, do it your way. Don't do it the other way. And it was actually really good. And I'll post it. If you guys do that, I'll post it on like my TikTok and YouTube and all that stuff for you. And I'll tag, uh, well, wouldn't do no good thing, Frank, Frank Sinatra, but I'll tag it for you. <laughs> you guys could have it on there. That's awesome. That sounds good. I mean, that would probably be a good one to put on to the yeah, yeah, you might have, yeah, you might have just set something off. You could get some writing credits here in a little bit. <laughs> that, I, I'm off of that. I like that too. <laughs> you're sitting there with your pipe. You, you remind me of a middle aged man too. I was like, okay, now you're a part of middle aged men, whether you want to be or not. <laughs> I'll, I'll remember. I'll take it. Can you see his Crocs? And his Crocs, his green Crocs, and his pipe. <laughs> That's if you ever passes out here drunk, man, these Crocs are going in the fire pit. <laughs> Well, oh. We said I have to do this. I told him two things. I'm probably smoke my pipe, and my crops are staying on the whole time. <laughs> now, now you play? Do you play in your Crocs? No, sir. No, sir. I'm not that brave. Okay. Because <laughs> everybody's heard this. I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan of Crocs. I don't like Crocs at all. <laughs> and my wife has a pair of big old pink Crocs that she wears everywhere. And I'm like, go put on some shoes, woman. And she's like, no, I'm comfortable. I'm wearing my Crocs. Dude, my, I got a, an old buddy who, uh, my, my buddy Paul, Paul, if you hear this, God bless you, he, he has a, 
pair of like camo Crocs, which make them, in my opinion, like camo's all right, but it makes them like a little extra Gucci. <laughs> <laughs> Got the uh, the fleece like inner lining. Mm-hmm. And had them for like 15 years, and he's like, he does whenever whenever he comes over and spends the night, those things will be downstairs, and I'm like opening the windows because like I can I can smell it. <laughs> He's like, I feel like it's his game now where he just wears them to piss me off. I think. Mm-hmm. I, had, My, I had a buddy, uh, I have a buddy, uh, Zach Hill. He, he used to work at a, at a Mercedes dealership in Tyson, in, uh, Tyson's Corner in the area here. And, uh, that's like, you know, big Trudy, money area. Trudy, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, So it's like, he'd, he'd be like, Hey, uh, somebody from the Redskins came in today. Somebody from the Nationals came in. Uh, uh, we have we have a Ovechkin's car here, and so like all the sports guys go there to buy buy their cars or whatever. And um, and uh, he uh, he bought these pair of Crocs that didn't have any holes in them, and they were all black, so they kind of look a little fancy. <laughs> and so you know he's working at this upscale Mercedes dealership. And he, he goes in with a, uh, he's like in a full suit. He has these, these dress crocs. Yeah. Suits and a croc. Dress crocs. Yeah, take me anyway. He goes into work. And, and, uh, and the, he is, I guess his manager sees him. And he's like, go home, change your shoes, <laughs> and come back. And so like, I'll find my house on the way back. And he's like, we have a manager, maybe uh, change my shoes. <laughs> My son, I've got uh, I've got three kids. My oldest is 25. He lives in South Georgia. But my twins are they're about to be 13, named boy and a girl. The boy will wear his Crocs out. And he does it. And he knows if I catch him, I'll make him wear his tennis shoes. So he'll he'll go to the truck before I get out there So because I'm too busy looking at his feet. So by the time we get to there and we're at a, a restaurant or we're at wherever we're at, I was like, what are you wearing? He's like, what? I was like, you're wearing Crocs. So I have to catch him. I'll catch him. And make him change the damn shoes. <laughs> oh, you, 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 should so a, you should start a podcast called Croc Talk. Croc yeah. Talk. <laughs> you and the three other people that think are yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, they won't ever have me on as a guest if I'm Croc Talk. You don't want me on there. <laughs> All right. Well, we got time for one more song, and then we're going to do part of the interview where it's not musical related at all. It's kind of a twenty questions kind of game, which is always fun for me. Um, it's not like we've always been musical anyway. We've talked about Crocs and all kinds of other things, but uh, what's the last song of you guys you want to play? We kind of want to put it on you, man. We want to know if you want a, a good a good song that's like upbeat or more on the punk side of our sound or, you know, a good song with a good story behind it that's maybe downbeat or somewhere in between. Like, what, what, are you, what would you like to hear? Um, but we've heard a, a slower song. We heard like the punk song. So if you have another song that's different, like maybe it's one of your different songs. Let's listen to that. All right. Hey, that I can go by it. If not, I can go by title because that's what oh, I always go by. How do you guys feel about picture on the wall? Yeah, definitely. Or do you want to go River City Queen? I think we should go River City. Yeah, I think that's like yeah. this. This one I feel is like our pop song. Yeah, it's not pop song, but like this is the one when we played it for my parents. My mom was like, "Oh, I like that yeah, one." Yeah, you know, <laughs> my life, my dad was like, "Hey, you did something right." I think it's. Like, <laughs> song um, it's it's a uh, river city queen yeah. okay river city queen and tell me a story behind it before you play it. so i uh what this must have been 
20, early 2018, right around the time that the three of us uh, really started, you know, getting together regu regularly and playing. Um, I was like, I was, I was at work. I was at this job that I like despised. I knew I wasn't going to be there long. And uh, I should have been working, but I was on like a, one of them dating apps, you know, where you like, not Tinder, but one of those ones where you swipe. I think it was Bumble. JD. And, uh, I met I met my wife on MySpace. <laughs> hey man, there's nothing. There's, there's, there's so many, farmers. The word of, yeah, exactly. Farmers market. <laughs> yeah, farmers. Christ, meet. Christian mingle. But, uh, <laughs> no, so I, I'm on Bumble, I think, and I um, I see this gal as I'm swiping, and I'm like, and I see like you know it tells you mutual friends or whatever. Like, how the hell do I not know who this person is based on the people that her and I both know? So I found her on Facebook, and I just sent her a message, and I was like, how do we not know each other? Like. We, you know, you're in the music, I'm in the music, very obviously, like, we know the same people, and they're all musicians. She responded, and, you know, we got together for a drink and, and hung out, and, uh, you know, it just kind of was one of those things where just, boom, it just, it just went, and it was like, I realized very quickly, like, I had panic attacks about it, I was like, I was like, oh, man, I gotta, like, I gotta shape up the way I'm living here, because, like, this is a, this is like a for real type thing here, the way I'm feeling about this lady, and, um, She's from Pittsburgh. I'm still with her. Uh, she is one of you know the most positive influences as far as a person I've ever met. That's you know ever had any kind of influence on my life. I can't say enough nice stuff about her. I love her with well, my heart. She's from Pittsburgh, and you know Pittsburgh is a is a big river city. And uh, you know, in my corny nature, I wrote a song called River City Queen, basically kind of discussing what I was going through as far as what I needed to change about myself to even feel like I deserved to be in this person's life and uh, and the way I was feeling about the entire era. So this was this was actually the first Dogwood Gospel recording that we ever did. It was one of the first songs that we ever, uh, you know, put out to the world. Um, so, yeah, that's about it. Okay. Well, let's, I'm going to mute us and play it. It's always been a story told a few times before And in the back of her eyes, behind the smile is disguised All the ways love has left her heart torn And I know well the pain that has held her We can smell it on each other like hounds She's a river city queen, best I've ever seen I'll see to it that she keeps the crown well, they say it a lot in the movies But I knew it was right from the start and I knew there was truth in the way that she moved I knew there was fire in her heart And I tried so hard to seem easy Oh, I was drowning in a well of self-doubt I was praying to whoever listens That my fear she wouldn't find out Just as desperate Leads an old soul to heaven Or can start them to hedge in their debts To live in this world is to live for the unknown And learn to make peace with regret As it's melting, it spills to cut divinity's form. 
It's been such a cold, cold feeling To cast off the darkness that's kept me so warm And I'll learn all the lessons I need to Learn to hold back the wagon my tongue Through these blistered and calloused old hands, girl Can you feel the man go on some? And I guess they would call this romantic But is our time just to wind up toy? Oh, this is just a love letter put to music And I'm just another weak little boy So I'll learn only how to hold you Though I know there's no way in my words A man is defined by the action refined Not by three or four sweet-sounding chords So damned if I can't keep the willows from weeping Or the years from leaving me bent and gray You only keep a smile on your face while you're sleeping But be to beat the devil at his own crooked game guys have like i said a, a very unique sound you guys can do different sounds which is good i like that it's like when uh you guys on the south say oh bless your heart isn't it? <laughs> 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 After bless, your <laughs> bless your heart i still think of boingo boingo <laughs> that it's your voice it's so it's so deep and unique it just reminds me of dead man's party you guys heard the song right dead man's party you know what i'm talking about i i, I don't man i gotta look it up you know what? I'm going to share it with you right now. I won't put this. I, well, I'll leave it in there for the, I won't take it. We won't listen to the whole thing, but I'll share it with you so you can hear it. So and you, it's, it's the voice. I know it is. It's the voice that's getting me. It's like, man's party. It's boingo, boingo. There it is right there. I'll let you play this just for a second as you hear it. Tell me it doesn't sound kind of like you. You guys are a little punk version of this, but it's kind of reminds me of it. Walking with the dead man over my shoulder. Walking with the dead man over my shoulder. 
you heard a song? I don't know why it just makes me think of that. I, mean, I, I think you, I think you got some there. I mean, I, I can, I can kind of hear. Uh, I mean, when we were, you know, I'm like, I'm my own biggest critic. You know what I mean? So like, I've, I've, I've have poured over my vocals as we've gone about all of this to try to figure out what I like, what I don't like. So I mean, I've heard my own voice more than I think anybody should ever care to hear. <laughs> no, I, I can hear it. It's like I, I just, I feel like if I had a higher register, that's probably how it would sound. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I don't hear the high part of it, but the, definitely the low part. That like, go back and listen to the song later on if you actually listen to it. You'll hear, you'll hear it. Like I said, you're when I was listening to your music, and there was a certain song I don't remember now because when I put you guys on Spotify, I just hit uh, shuffle, so it just went through your songs, and I don't remember the title now, but it, was, it hit me. I was like, "That's like Boingo or Boingo." I was like, "Okay," and I don't know why. It, like I said, sometimes I'll get some of the weirdest shit just pop in my head, and it's like, "Okay, Boingo Boingo." Who would have thought Boingo Boingo? You guys never would have like. I mean, we've, we've had some weird ones. That's, that's probably the weirdest one, but it's like, I, <laughs> but no, I think you're, I think you're right. Man. I can hear some like tonal uh, qualities that I, I might share with that guy. Mm -hmm. And, and the style. So you, you guys, that was more like the 80s stuff. You guys are more like more in the, the mosh pit area. It's just like a punk, punkier version of, of that. Yeah. It's a compliment roundabout way as a compliment. <laughs> I, I, I didn't take it as anything, but I mean, I, no, I, I appreciate it, man. Like it, it's cool. That, it's cool that your mind went to that place. It's cool that uh, you know, we even got somebody thinking. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I and I did that with one guy. He was um, he played, he, he was like a Christian rapper. It, it was kind of what he and he played it on ukulele, and I'm sitting there and I'm listening to him play, and for whatever reason, I got that song uh, uh, um, by Black Street. What is it? What is that song called? No I can't even think. No diggity. Right. I said you took. I said that sounds like no diggity. He goes, yeah, I took the chords from it. He <laughs> <laughs> had to bag it up. Because, <laughs> because you tell, I listen to every kind of music. I get like so much music sent to me, and I'll listen to all of it. And I won't remember. I won't remember who's is who until I see the names. But I, I like listening to new stuff. And I'll put your stuff on. Like I said, when I release this, these songs will be in there. Um, I will also uh, put you guys like in rotation like in the countdown i don't find doing the countdown i can do the last song in the countdown because it's kind of laid low-key because sure, sure. uh, i send it to other radio stations and not just mine and then you play like in 54 countries and and uh, it's, it's a, everybody's you know all the songs are pretty like in that vein you know what I mean? yeah we've listened to a few okay yeah and so i keep them as I can't put like heavy metal, but I like rock and roll and I like that stuff, but I can put it on my radio station. I can play whatever I want to. It's mine. I can do it. I'll put you guys in rotation on. Appreciate it. But I'd, I'd like to add something about uh, that song, River City Queen. Those, um, in the pre-courses, those oohs, uh, that was that was all Victor. And that was, uh, we recorded that actually like in our jam space on the fly. We had uh, we had like a little bit of wrapping up we had to do to get all the recordings we wanted to get done. And okay. Hey Vic, can, can you cut these vocals real quick? And we did it in the space that we practice, like in this cabin that I live in, and it just, you know, really like opened everything up. So I, I just wanted to give give my man Victor some uh, something on that one. So do you do harmonies a lot, Victor? Uh, I try to. I'm trying to 
work on it. Um, yeah. I, I like harmonies. My bassist will do stuff that will make me laugh and he does it on purpose. <laughs> so he tries to get me to, he tries to, <laughs> he tries to mess me up in a show. Like when I do doves cry, he'll start going, Ca-ca! in the middle of the damn song. <laughs> and I'll start laughing. I've had a good time, guys. Yeah, yeah that was a good time. Yeah, man. So before we get into like the non-musical part of it, tell everybody where they can find you and all that stuff, social media. Uh, was it dogwoodgospel.com? Dogwoodgospel, everything. Yeah, dogwoodgospel, Instagram, uh, if you, internet. If you Google Dogwood Gospel, you're not going to get anything but us. Yeah, basically the best way to put it. But yes, Instagram is Dogwood Gospel. Facebook is Dogwood Gospel. Uh, it's, you know, what is it? Uh, website. Yeah, website is dogwoodgospel.com. Spotify. And yep. I have a Twitter. We do have a Twitter. We just don't use it. <laughs> a lot I don't think anybody uses Twitter. And they're right, guys. I, I did Google Dogwood Gospel. You guys are the first thing to pop up. Cool. Yeah, that's weird. Merge. Yeah, we got we got some yeah. records. We got T-shirts, vinyls, yeah, all we, kinds of stuff. We did the smart move of pressing 300 records uh, right when COVID started. <laughs> the best, the best way to be become a, a popular, successful band is to press records during a global pandemic. So. <laughs> what is your guys? Uh, that my that makes me a question though. What is your guys' biggest seller as a merch wise? Shirts, records, shirts, record, yeah, yeah. Charlottesville, I think it's all. We sold more shirts in Charlottesville the last couple of years. Might we be sold a few records. Might be stickers because they're free. Yeah. Stickers <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so are, are the hottest commodity. We can't keep them in stock. But um, no, people like record stores uh, in Virginia, Maryland, um, DC, Delaware, like it, it, basically anywhere we can strike Pennsylvania, anywhere that's kind of within like a two hour radius of where we are. Mm-hmm. We've, we've got a, a decent amount of records out there. And like, as I've kind of, as I do my tour where I will hit these record stores up and see if anything's sold, you know, I'd say half the time I uh, like, I'll, you know, I'll have like a new a box of new records in my car just in case. Half the time they're asking for a, a re-up, like they at least want to get one more back in stock if they sold one. So the records do pretty well. And the, you know, I think what happened when we put that, re- that record out initially is I think a lot of people were like, when we first formed, I think a lot of people were like, oh, that, look at that, that, that's cute. That they're a band, like peers of ours. And then we put the record out and they were like, well, you know, that's, whoa, <laughs> that's actually not, it's actually worth listening to. And then, so the record kind of, um, once we got the vinyl copy, it kind of started to do a little work on its own. And so that's, that's probably the biggest one, but people like the t-shirts. See, you said that vinyl, and it made me, and I didn't even think about it that way. Like, I guess you go to these uh, places that sell records, and it's like, hey, we got records, you want to sell them, and then they buy them from you for whatever, and then charge their end. Yeah, it's That's like cool. a, um, it's consignment, yeah, a lot of it. And I mean, like, I'll, so I, I started out going to my, my stores that I should, like, I'm a, what's funny is, you know, it's the hipster thing to do these days is to collect vinyl, but like, I, my parents had vinyl records, and I, so I've always kind of been attracted to it. I mean, yeah. I still have a few that my parents let, gave me when they got rid of their collection. Yeah, I've been collecting records since I was in high school, going to punk shows. Uh, so, I mean, that's 25 years. So, it was always like one thing that I always wanted to do was put out a, something on vinyl. Yeah, it was, it was a dream come true. For, like, it was a, it, it seemed like a, <clears throat> small step i guess it was in a lot of ways but 
for the three of us to like actually press something and get it and hold it and then put it on and listen to it together and like do the layout, do the artwork design, everything top to bottom and like fund it ourselves was like, yeah, like when, when we got the copies of the vinyl, we kind of sat around and looked at each other like, okay, like th this is an achievement. And, you know, again, yeah. it's, it's a small achievement, but it was, it was worth noting for us. Nothing against yeah. those CDs because I know CDs are so pretty solid. We probably do need to yeah, just press neat. a couple of CDs. But having that yeah. legit record in your hand, it's it's neat. Yeah. yeah. Brings it all back home. Yeah. Where did you guys get it pressed at? Oh, we do Pirates Press. Yeah, we do Pirates Press. Pirates Press, okay. Because yeah. I was curious about that. A lot of a lot of songwriters want to do that vinyl, but again, it, it's more expensive than making CDs, but it is, I think right now, it is kind of a cooler thing to do. Yeah, yeah. People are a little more inclined to buy a vinyl. Yeah, like, we've done the thing where we actually have like the digital download built into it. Mm -hmm. a lot of people, I, I know I've sold records. People have come to our shows like, yeah, I don't even have a record player. I just haven't seen a vinyl. I want to buy a vinyl. Yeah. So you get both ranges of the spectrum, or all ranges of the spectrum. People who have the record player and are about that life. We, we've been asked to sign records. Like, yeah, that's but for always, four people that don't have a record player. It's exactly. like they just thought it was. <laughs> So you can put your um, digital download on the, on the vinyls, really? It's a little card that comes with yeah, it. Comes the, with yeah. the, oh, that's cool. Leave. It's like an add-on when you're... Code. Yeah, so basically, you just open your record up, and there's a little card inside of it. You go to the website, type in your code, and you can download the album. That's cool. Sure. I like that. Yeah, we, we tried to make it so it was like, you know, whether you're into Bandcamp, like that's where you like, like to live, or whether you live on Spotify, or you live on your record player, or whatever. Everything but CD at this point. We're we try to make it so it's like you know if you want to listen to our stuff, it's pretty easy. Yeah. Well, see, I, and I'm doing stuff with the, my band. We're about to do an album, and that you guys gave me a good idea. That that's really cool. I'm gonna try that. I'm gonna look into it because I think vinyls will sell because it's it's just kind of the uh, nostalgia of it that people. Don't even have record players. I mean, I'm cheap. I'm not gonna buy a record if I don't have a record player. But I have a record player, so <laughs> I could buy that stuff. It's it's kind of like a ritual, you know. It's like you when you when you put a when you're sitting there like on Spotify, you can drop songs into the queue, and then you know you're just kind of going through and you're mixing styles and, and, and genres. You know, if you're listening to a CD, you can skip around whatever. I like with a vinyl where it's like, you know, you have to take it out of the sleeve, put it on, put the needle on, and then like. You know, you have to let it go. You can't yeah. really mess with it, or at least decide. And I like that it takes like some level of attention. You know, you got to pay it. Like you don't have to pay attention really, but like it's there. It's like you can't mess with it. You can't just skip and or or right. like skip ahead in the tracks. You want to hear one part or whatever. I like that about it. Yeah. Well, guys, that was cool. Now we're going to do the 20 question count again. So we've been talking about an hour and a half. We got to know you guys pretty good. But now we're going to get to know you guys as, as thoughts and people and other stuff instead of just the, behind the music. So we'll start with the first question that I usually always ask my guest. Hidden talent. Smoking a pipe and Crocs don't count. Don't count. Uh, <laughs> I have uh, an excellent power of hiding uh, beers from local establishments oh. and walking out with them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Rob's our local beat <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we had just finished recording, and we always we live in in and around Leesburg. We were recording in Vienna, Falls Church, which is like thirty five minutes away. Session wrap. We came home, got dinner, 
at a B dubs. Buffalo the Wild Wings for kids out there. Yeah, <laughs> for the uneducated. And uh, we closed our tab, and I had like, it was probably like February time frame, so I had like a hoodie on. And uh, Victor and I had carpooled, Victor was driving my drunk ass home. And I walk out, and I'm like, hey, Vic, check this out. And he pulls his camera out, gets a video of me pulling, like, you can't see what I'm doing. Sorry, it's a podcast, right? But I literally pull a full 20 ounce beer out from under my sleeve. It's like, <laughs> it's like that. And I just chug in the parking lot. I still got that glass at the house. And this day, my wife's like, what are you doing with this Buffalo Wildings glass? I'm like, drinking out of it. That's a very video awesome. on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, I'm really good at um, picking the right size Tupperware for the leftovers. That that's a town and I can't do that. I, I can't even find I can't find the lid of the damn thing. I look everywhere. That's actually the old Jackson house. How about you, Vic? What you got? He can sing. We found that out. He's a he's pretty pretty good singer. Uh, speak Spanish. That's a, not a talent, but <laughs> it's an asset. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm stuck here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I feel like I'm a jack of all trades when it comes yeah. to certain things. Like I, you know, I'm master of non-jack of all trades. Like I didn't do some all kinds of stuff. I can, uh, I can quote the movie Gettysburg almost start to finish <laughs> because that's like a three and a half hour movie. I can also quote the Big Lebowski verbatim. Yeah, I don't know. I'm good. I have a good memory. I'll put it that way. I like if it's something that matters to me that makes me like laughter to, to me is huge. Like humor is like humor is big for me. And I think uh, if something makes me laugh or something makes me feel nostalgic and it's meaningful, uh, my memory kicks into overdrive. Like I've had people tell me like that I'm weird for details that I remember, and I'm just mm-hmm. like it's not my fault that like it, that moment didn't affect you the way it affected me. So like, don't call me weird. It's like. Oh, it's my memory. See, my memory sucks. I've been knocked out too many times and hit in the head that I can't remember anything. I, I have a hard and I'm really bad about remembering stuff. My wife was like, I told you. He's like, No, you didn't. I was like, You didn't tell me that. You're you're lying. You didn't tell me nothing. I don't believe you. Well, I mean, like I, I remember like I can I can tell you like the first time I heard a record and where I was and what day it was or whatever. But that means something to me, but like when it comes to what I did last week, I couldn't tell you what I had for dinner. <laughs> like it has to be like a meaningful nostalgic moment, I guess. Mm-hmm. Okay. What? Yeah. Well, a good memory works. Like all that's pretty close. Um, so if you guys won the lottery, what would you do with it? What's the first thing you'd buy? I'd probably buy a house and try to build a studio to be able to play music whenever I wanted. Yeah, something like that. I would uh, make sure all the day-to-day stuff taken care of, paid for, house, family, get to go, then I'd fire away on tour. There's <laughs> no stupid money at, like, the Anthem, which is a big club in D.C. Say, hey, we're playing here, and you're not going to stop us. And just fund the tour. And do it that way. It's okay. Get it anyway. I'll tell you what I'd do. <laughs> you just say that. No, I, I, uh, I would, like, I'd buy, like, a, I'd buy a house, like, way out in the sticks somewhere, like, southwestern virginia something like that and just like a nice acreage put a put a nice little cabin something modest on it and build like a little studio and have like you know just get my hands on every kind of instrument that i could hope like i could possibly hope to have and i would try to like record people and get better at recording i don't know i would immerse myself in the world of uh you know 
recording music. Like recording records is my favorite thing to do. It's just, it's, it's expensive as hell, so that's why you know, <laughs> I often don't get to do that. <laughs> Who is an artist that you listen to that people would not think that you would listen to? I mean, that's tough. Not to like dance around your question. I think collectively we all listen to a lot of different genres. Yeah, I don't think there's any guilty players. No. I think I don't think that term exists within us or a little trio here. I mean, I guess look that us. I mean, I used to have longer hair, so like everybody used to think I was in the metal, but I'm like, I like Prince more than I like Metallica. <laughs> like, but I guess by looks, um, that kind of stuff, like you know, Michael Jackson, Prince. For me, most people probably would, even though they're my they're my favorite band in the world, but I feel like most people wouldn't, if they looked at me, wouldn't know that Smashing Pumpkins were like the only reason that I like. I, I grew up on a lot of different kinds of music, but when I first heard like the first three Smashing Pumpkins records, I was like, okay, I know what I want to do with my life, and that was that. Like nobody was telling me, talking me off the ledge. So uh, that, that's a weird. That's not like everybody's favorite band. Doesn't he do like a wrestling show now? Yeah, he's he owns. Uh, I think it's like TNA. Uh, TNA out of Chicago. He's, yeah. he's Billy Corgan is an interesting dude, man. I'm a I fancy myself a bit of a historian about the guy. It's, it's he's an interesting guy. What's the the last book you read? Ooh. Gates of Fire by Stephen Pressfield. Okay. It's about the um, Spartan War at Thermopylae. It's kind of like a take on a one of the uh, like they're called helots, or basically like people who would service the Spartans. It's a historical fiction stuff. It's kind of where I live, kind of what I like to read about. But that talks about the basically the battle, the the, the hot gates in Thermopylae. Very interesting to nobody else. <laughs> um, I never finished it when I was reading. Uh, under the banner of heaven, they put out a show recently um, about like woman fundamentalists. Um, kind of made me angry and upset, so I kind of <laughs> put it down. So, yeah. I uh, I don't want to offend anybody here or get canceled, but I read this book called uh, "The Confederacy's Most Controversial Soldier" about mm -hmm. James Longstreet. Recently, by Jeffrey D. Wirt. That's probably the most recent book I finished. And, uh, okay. It was an interesting read. I'm a, like, I, I like the Civil War, so it was kind of interesting to learn about, you know, one of the more, I guess, uh, controversial, like they say in the title, controversial generals on either side. See, I, I kind of figured when you talked about like Gettysburg, you could quote Gettysburg that you're into uh, reenactment. My, my basement, my bassist loves, same thing, Civil War book. He was actually been in a couple of reenactments man, in man, Georgia. Man, there's there's spooky because it's like you gotta go out there in that wool with that sixty pounds of gear in July heat, man. I, yeah. I, I but boy, that's a lot. If you guys could go into the time machine, go in any year, where would you go? It could be decades, you don't have to, unless you have an actually specific year. But what would you travel to? Yeah, I'd probably go into 
fifties and sixties or around there or see like all the crazy like the Beatles blowing up and all that stuff. Yeah. Like the birth of rock and roll. That'd be kind of cool to witness. Yeah, just like going back back like a <clears throat> going to like the London scene when the it was coming up and they're like Hendrix would run around and you hear stories about like Clapton talking to Townsend about this new guitarist and they're all just like joning on him. Yeah. That'd be cool to see. Cool to go back to like the 80s and get to do a band playing what I play now, drum wise now, like kicking out some of those old drummers from the punk bands <laughs> and then making a big back that way. For me, I think I'd, it'd be fun to. Like I'd like to go back and see, like, I mean, if I didn't have to to fight, it'd be fun to witness from a distance a civil war battlefield, like, mm -hmm. like, you know, to witness like a first Manassas or Gettysburg or something like. Like, I'm talking, I'm talking, like, I'm not in danger of getting hit by a shell. Right. I have like <laughs> telescopic vision. And I like, I'm not in, in, involved in any way. Like Bill and Ted Washington. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like that. That that'd be cool. But if I like, I guess. More practically, I, I think uh, if I could go back and live in the like be this age in the '90s and see Pantera on the Polar Display of Power tour, I think I'd call the whole thing a win. If if somebody played, if they did a movie of your life, who would play you in that movie? Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Costner. Right, not I think Bernie Mac. I used to get uh, even like Jack Black, so I get Jack Black. <laughs> I, I used to get Ryan Gosling, and then I got older. So I don't know. I was like, when I was a young buck, like, I guess I was a little sweeter with him. If they did a soundtrack of your life, what is the soundtrack of your life? Or make or make it easier. And if if somebody could sing your guy's songs, who would you want to sing them? If it couldn't, if it wasn't you, who would you want to sing your songs? Oh, somebody who covered our song. Yeah. Uh, or are you so? Are you wrote it as a demo? You gave it to them and they cut it and release it. Boy, I mean, I love like hot water music. So like, if they were to cover one of our songs, that would be like they're like a band that I really look up to. So if they were to cover one of our songs, it would be like whoa. I think I would go uh, Jerry Cantrell. I, I love Alice in Chains. I think like he's got some really interesting stuff he does as far as uh, blending like heavy metal with kind of roots music sounding stuff. He, he's my guy, I think, Jerry Cantrell. I'd pick um, maybe a band called Murder by Death. Uh, check them out if you haven't heard them. Uh, that'd be cool to have them. I think that the lead singer's got the same like, vocal stylings, similar to what we do. Next up, okay. or it'd be fun to have like Alkaline Trio, some band I really like to rip one of ours, similar to Victor, like with his hot water music affinity. They're kind of band I look up to, and kind of like whenever I play anything, if I don't know what I want to play, I always gravitate to like an Alkaline Trio record. So. I'd love to hear like Sturgill rip like <laughs> yeah. one of our songs, Blue Rat style, like he did with the Cutting Grass. Cutting Grass, that'd be, that'd be really cool. All right, I got one more question for you guys. What's the best? piece of advice you ever got that's uh i mean you should uh, i mean i guess just i don't want to sound like nike commercial but uh, just do it you gotta do it yeah. um, you know 
talk to friends that do get to play music um, more than do, you know, their regular job. And, you know, I'll complain about not having enough time to, you know, record or uh, play. And they just go, well, you got to find the time, you just got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, just, just go for it. Um, usually when we do do that, good things happen. We come out like, you know, I'll be shy about a part and I'll just throw it out and, you know, we'll write a song, you know, a couple practices later. So it's just go for it. These days, Victor's bass lines are like the number one Kickstarter for a song. I, for me, I, I, uh, I won't, I won't say the whole word, but uh, you know, growing up, like I was always kind of against the grain with everything I did, and it's kind of like a the Reading way, I suppose. So my father always told me, you know, Ethel said, he said, man, like you know, like those people aren't worth your time. Don't doesn't matter what they're thinking. Doesn't matter what they think of you. You know who you are. Go get it. Definitely. Mine would be probably stay humble, you know, stay working because you're going to have bad shows, you're going to have great shows, but somebody's always going to be better or worse. So kind of stay in your lane, stay humble. And, uh, you know, everyone's working as hard as they can. So that's probably what I'd say, you know, just remember to stay humble. Okay. Well, I want to thank you guys for coming on the show. I really appreciate you sitting there. We've been talking for about an hour and a half, and it's been fun. I've had a good time listening to you guys tell stories and listening to music and get to know you guys a little bit more. Appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Is there, a, is there any way, like, maybe, you know, once the official podcast is done, we can maybe sample one of your songs? Like your guys? Yeah, I could, well, I'll let you listen to one right now. I'll, I'll let you – I won't put it in your episode, but I'll share it with you. You can hear – I'll let you hear it right now. That's so you hear my, hear my band stuff. But – um. Thank you guys again for coming on and um, tell everybody one more time where they can find you. And then that'd be the end of the interview part. And I'll let you hear my stuff. Um, dogwoodgospel.com. If you guys want to buy records. That's right. That's got everything too. If you go to dogwoodgospel.com, it's got Instagram. It's got, it's got Facebook. It's got Spotify. All the links are there. But um, if you, if you type in dogwood gospel into any search engine on any, you know, any uh, social media or streaming platform, you're gonna you're gonna see mildly mug playing by these two guys. So. All right, everybody, that was Max Redding and the Dogwood Gospel. This is George Songbirds. <laughs>